So, welcome to a Fearful Earful episode I don't even know anymore. It's great. Like, it's great because originally, when we did the recording, I'd always change my, I'd always change my name in the record, like in the recording thing. I mean, I still do. But then it was just like, now she changes it from like, whatever episode number it could have possibly been, just that I don't know anymore or something else. I mean, my name is Fuck It All. Yes. The episode title that we're recording in is episode I don't know anymore because I lost count. And it's been quite an interesting two hours. Oh. Oh. Let me, I just, it's been an interesting six hours because I took Yuna to the groomer to get her shaved because she gets so hot and we're going to go see my mom tomorrow and I'm going to be there all weekend and I was like, she's going to want to run around outside and she's going to get so hot so I might as well get her shaved and then like I can just trim her feet as it grow as it grows out and it'll take her a while to grow out so she'll have a couple of months, right? They give me my dog back and I like legit asked them if they gave me the right dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And she was like, what are you talking about? This is Yuna. And I was like, are you sure? She looks like a different dog. Because, like, I guess the fur underneath, like, her dark fur was super light. So she looks like literally Jackson right now. True. So she's, like, gray and brown instead of black and brown. And I was like, are you sure that's that's my dog? But... Of course, it is my dog. She has the same face, and she immediately barfed on me when we got in the car, so I knew it was her. (sighs) Yeah, she does that. Every time I pick her up from the groomers, she has to, like, puke on me, because she's mad at me for dropping her off. I can respect that. Not really, but I I can understand. That's why I carry baby wipes with me everywhere I go with her. Um, And then... I get home and I'm working and my roommate's mom came over for dinner because she was in town and my roommate doesn't get to see her mom very often. And I was already planning on making like a lasagna for dinner. So I was like, cool, like I'll clean off the table and I'll set the table and we'll just have like a nice sit down dinner. Well, her mom got here earlier than I thought. So like I hadn't even finished my work day yet, which was fine. And I like get dinner made. I made a lasagna. I didn't make it from scratch. I put it in the oven and I made rolls and a salad or whatever. And I set the table and I'm about to put the lasagna on the table and I dropped the flipping lasagna on the floor. And some of it splashed on me and I have like first degree burns now. What in the world? On my arm and the inside of my arm, like it took like skin off. And it was really funny because when it happened... Suzanne was on the phone with uh, her husband, Thea's dad, and it was on speakerphone, and he was like, what happened? And I was like, because we all kind of, like, started, like, or stopped talking, because I was just, like, standing there, like, trying not to cry. (laughs) I bet. Nobody knew what to do, and so her dad was like, is everything okay? What's going on? And so I was like, sorry, we had a lasagna mishap, and blah, blah, blah. And he was like, is anyone hurt? And, um, Suzanne was like, Jordan has a first degree burn. And I was like, Jordan has a first degree what? And I looked at my arm and it like took like the first layer of skin off. 
And her dad's a nurse. He was then telling me how to take care of it. And I was like, it doesn't even hurt. Like, can I just get this lasagna off the floor? And Yuna was out. So Yuna trots over and just starts eating the lasagna that's on the floor. And I was like, no, no. I mean, we still had plenty left. Like, it was still edible. But I was so mad. I mean, I don't like, I'm not upset. I was just like, I burnt myself. I dropped the lasagna. But I had some wine. So we're fine. So fun fact. You know, we said, I come right now, I said 7.30, and then you're like, yeah, at 9. I was like, that works. Yeah, um, oh, so I went to sleep, like. I was wondering why you didn't text me back. Uh-huh, because no, Jordan knows, basically, at this point, if, if Jordan texts me, I'm responding within, like, three minutes. At least. Nah, unless you're at work. Sure. Oh, uh, yes, yes, yes. And it's just like, you know, all of a sudden. I, well, I moved up, got over, and I was like, I'm about to mess around and lay back down. And I was like, hold on, hold on. It's dark outside. I was like, what time is it? And then I looked down. It's 8.54. And I was like, and I was like, and, but it still took even longer to process what I need to do. I was like, oh, shoot, I got to record. So then I got up, and then that's when the text message came on. It's like, finally done with dinner. I was like, ah, oh, crap. So I had to, like, open my laptop, get everything, so I get everything set up. And I was like, bro, like I was out, I was out like a light. So I'll probably be up late today, which is fine. Cause I mean, I'm gonna be up late because I still have to finish working. So I'm gonna be editing while I finish working because I don't want to edit tomorrow because I want to sleep in tomorrow because I'm very tired. There you go. Yeah, I know. I'm finishing my last project tomorrow. Then I'll be done. Then I'll be hopefully they'll grade it. Then I'll pass and then. I can send off the email saying I'm fully done and they can take out the little thing on my contract that says be done by a certain date. Oh, Caitlin Snapchatted me. Let's see what she has to say. So, you always went home with a pair of underwear while I was trying to put them in the wash. Well, I picked them up and he was, I was holding them in my hand and I had just poured the detergent in the washer and he jumped in. <laughs> So he got detergent all over him, but he was trying to lick it up, so I had to hold him. So I was covered in detergent. I had to take my shirt off. And now he's doing this. <laughs> I didn't mean to. He's going crazy. Did you hear any of that? Yes. I heard, like, Killer jumped into detergent. Tried to lick it up. I was like, what are we doing? So he, he was... Chewing on a pair of underwear. And Caitlin, like, went to take it away from him and put them in the washing machine. Because she was doing laundry. And she had, like, just poured the detergent in the la- in the washing machine. And he jumped in the washing machine. So he was covered in laundry detergent. Dumbass. Yeah. I'm about to send her a Snapchat of Yuna and be like, that's okay. She just peed on my floor. I thought like those were two different things, Yuna. though. Yuna? Where are you? Where's my naked dog? The dog's not naked. I mean, I guess technically your dog's always naked, but still. No, she's not always. Her wears clothes. And there's my dog. Is that? Yeah, no. no. Quit looking away. Look at me. Thank you. She's like, I have a haircut. I'm happy. It's kind of funny, though, because, like, Jordan sent the picture, the video. Yeah, no, that that's how my dog looks. It's like the first the first Yorkie haircut after you let your hair Yorkie's hair grow out is always 
hilarious to look at. I am just going to jump right in then, since we're both... Well, you're not tired because you just took a nap. I'm tired. Oh, it's, a, it's all good. <laughs> so I'm just going to jump right in. Okay. So I originally chose this topic because I thought it was going to be like a quick, easy topic. Not quick and easy, but like I thought it would be easy to research. It was not. I was really mad, but I was already, like, done with the history portion before I started getting to, like, the ghost claims. And so I was like, well, I've already committed. And I had another idea of another place that I was already researching, but I didn't have enough on, like, the ghost claims part to, like, even decide if it was going to be a full-length episode or not. So we're going to talk about the Mount Washington Resort. Slash hotel. It's kind of called both. It's actually called the Omni Mount Washington Resort Hotel now. But when I originally heard about it, it was just the Mount Washington Resort. And I first heard about this place on Ghost Hunters way back in like 2006. No, it was like 2008. When they visited the place, I did my own research because I love really old hotels and a princess lived there, and so I was, like, all about this place when I was in, like, high school. Girl heard princess and was hooked. Yeah, girl heard princess and was hooked. That's exactly right, and we're going to get to why. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, but I got through, like, the history portion, and then I was, like, trying to find ghost stories and stuff like that, and I, like, couldn't find anything. Really? On their website, they talk about how they do ghost tours and you can do like overnight stays or like certain type of events and stuff that are all ghost and paranormal related. But as far as like finding what common claims were, I had to like dive into YouTube videos of like other investigation teams posting their findings because I couldn't find any articles about specifically what a lot of the claims were. On YouTube. Yeah, and I normally don't watch a lot of YouTube videos about places that I'm researching unless it's like a documentary and YouTube is the only place I can watch it because you run into like those amateur ghost hunters and they're posting their evidence and I don't know what kind of equipment they used. I don't know how experienced they are. So I never really want to use that information. If I watch a YouTube video, it's usually about like the history. Um, but I mean, I had to like go watch these amateur ghost hunting videos just to find out what kind of claims people were saying that you know, they experienced or things that happen commonly at the hotel because I literally couldn't find any articles on Google. And I don't know where else to search for those kinds of things other than ghost hunters. And I couldn't find any other ghost hunting or paranormal shows that have visited the Mount Washington Resort. So essentially, I'm just going to retell you two episodes of Ghost Hunters. But I do have two videos to send you. Oh, wow that are some really cool EVPs, and that's why this place stuck so hard to me. Like, it stuck just so deep. I, don't, I can't say... What, what am I looking for? Um, I don't know. 
it just like stuck in my it got stuck in my brain because of these two EVPs. Like the two EVPs, which they they have more EVPs, but there's two that I think are the reason why I got so interested in the paranormal. And I'll talk a little bit more about it when I send them to you and we get to the evidence portion. But it really made me question what it's like for for spirits that are trapped here or that stay here and why it's so difficult for them to communicate with us like it really made me oh it really like it really made me question what i knew and what i believed and it made me it's what piqued my interest because i wanted to know more and because it made me empathetic to the spirits and, uh, like I, like I said, I'll talk about that more than when I get there, but this hotel, like, I know I said that the Jefferson, that Jefferson, Texas is kind of like what hooked me on paranormal, but this place is what made me question my faith and really, really made the paranormal, like, something that I was extremely interested in. It's a very special place in that part of you. Yes, it, it's very special to me, even though I've never been, but I really want to go. It's just in New Hampshire, and... I love how you say that, like, it's just some casual trip. <laughs> it's just in New Hampshire, and I was like, yeah, I mean, you know, like, because we can get there in the next, like, you know... No, I'm saying it as in, like, I really want to go to this place, but it's in New Hampshire, so I haven't been, because that's not exactly a day trip. True, and somehow... I feel like no matter what happens, she's gonna like next episode. Like next, not next episode. She'll be like, "So, guess where I went?" And it's gonna be like in the back of the and in the back of her. We. <laughs> <laughs> uh, excuse me. We both went to this place. Thank you. Yep. It's like I remember. Like it's like it's like because I was there. I was there for the excitement. <laughs> I was also the first one to leave. Yeah. Oh gosh. So yes, I really, really want to visit this this hotel. Um, I love really old hotels. I've been to so many. I've been to the Stanley Hotel. I've been all over Jefferson. I've been to um, there's a really old hotel in uh, Phoenix that I've been to. It's not necessarily haunted, but I've been to it. Um, and there's uh one in Flagstaff that's like super haunted that I've been to. Um. A bunch of, like, uh, westerns were filmed there. Uh, so I've been to that one. There's a really old one in Las Vegas that I've been to. I mean, I just, I love old hotels. I don't know why, but I love them. So this is one of the few that I haven't been to that I really, 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 really want to go to. So the Mount Washington Hotel was built in 1902, and it is one of the last grand hotels in the White Mountains. It's located in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire, and Bretton Woods is the town that it's in. And that can get confusing because if you're researching or you're watching stuff about it, there's a couple of, like, documentaries about the people who have been there because there's been, like, kings and queens and and, uh, princesses and presidents and vice presidents that have stayed there uh, so that it kind of always, like, appears randomly in different documentaries about those people where they'll be like oh and then in this year they spent time here and sometimes it's referenced as like uh 
the Breton Woods Hotel or the Breton Hotel or uh, the Mountain Breton Hotel, um, but its official name is the Mount Washington Hotel in Breton Woods or at Breton Woods. So because like that's like its full name kind of became synonymous. So sometimes they get, it gets misnamed or the names are kind of used interchangeably. But its official website says that it is the Mount Washington Hotel, which now it's called the Omni Mount Washington Hotel that is located in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire. Um, so I do think that on the land there was um, originally a different hotel there that either got demolished or was destroyed. Um, Joseph, a man named Joseph Stickley, who was like a self-made man in the coal business, um, he, uh, bought the land and built the hotel. He spared no expense to build this hotel. It cost him, in 1902, $1.7 million to build. Do you want to guess how much that is today? You said 1.7? Yeah, in 1902. So how much does that equate to today? I'm going to go 1.4 billion. No. You're way off. Higher. higher You're too high. All right, I'm going to go 110 million. You're still too high. Jesus Christ, 50? Now you're close. (laughs) It's 55. Yeah. 55.4 million today. About. Um, the hotel itself was designed by a man named Charles Ailing Guilford. Um, here we go again. With the names. (laughs) With the names. I swear you'd be just like botting them out of nowhere. I mean, this is on their website. Because I was like, I was was like, all right, Charles, normal name. I said, in the back of my mind, I was like, here comes some goofy other part of the name because Charles is too normal. And there's like Guilford. I'm like, what in the world? What are we doing? I don't know. His okay, so his I don't know if it's his middle name or like a second or first last name. I don't know. Charles Alling? It's A L L I N G. I think I said Ailing. Um Charles Alling Guilford. And he built this the the hotel to kind of reflect the Spanish renaissance revival style uh with the whole like red roof and white exterior to to mimic the red roof tiles that were really common in spain or are really common in spain uh construction included more than two thousand doors 900 kegs of nails 11 miles of plumbing and more than 1200 windows um, yeah, so when you walk into the hotel through the front door, guests are greeted by the vast French Renaissance-style Grand Hall. So the outside is, like, Spanish Renaissance Revival, but then the inside is very classic French Renaissance, uh, kind of royal, very grand hotelish type interior. Um... It had large windows on each side of the hall, 
And they would be opened during the summer uh, to encourage, like, a cross breeze because this was way before central air. I mean, you did say... 1902. I ain't got nothing special for 1902. Originally, the focal point of the Grand Hall was a grand fieldstone fireplace, but several crystal chandeliers were added in the 20s and those have kind of stolen the limelight so now when you walk inside the hotel your eyes are kind of diverted to the crystal chandeliers instead of the the fireplace um but those two features are like the most prominent of the of the like entrance or the grand hall uh stickney hired 250 italian artisans to do the masonry and granite work for the hotel uh, originally, the hotel was only open during the summers as the winters in New Hampshire are quite harsh and there was virtually no travelers in those months, so the hotel would just shut down. Um, the hotel became open or started to open year round in 2001. And so when it was closed for the winters, they would just have like a few guys living there for, for maintenance. And so those guys witnessed all kinds of stuff. Um, the, in the first Ghost Hunters episode that was filmed at the Mount Washington, the person who gave them the tour was one of the guys <coughs> who lived at the hotel for maintenance when it was closed for the winters before it opened uh, year-round. And so he gave them the tour and he was like, guys, I've seen some shit. <laughs> like, let me tell you. Um... So, in the Grand Hall, or kind of in the, like, by the receptionist desk, I think, there's a 19th century grandfather clock, and it's one of the only original pieces left in the hotel today, and when the hotel was only open for the summer months, the starting of the clock in late spring signaled the beginning of the summer season, and then on the last day of the season, which was usually towards, like, autumn... Not necessarily the last day of summer. Um, the last guest would get to stop the pendulum. So it was like a ritual. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Stickney died within a year of the hotel's grand opening at the age of 64. So the hotel opened to the public in 1902. He passed away in 1903. His wife, I've heard her name, I've heard her called Caroline and Carolyn, but her name is Carolyn. Like, it's spelled Carolyn, so I'm going to call her Carolyn, but if her name is Caroline, I am so sorry. Um, so, Stickney's wife, Carolyn, after he passed away, she married a French prince, so she really was a princess. Oh, my God. And even though she spent the majority of the year in France, she spent her summers in her hotel, so she owned an operated the hotel even after her husband died and when she married the french prince she spent her summers at the hotel every year until she died um fun fact she preferred to sleep in her own bed so she actually traveled with her furniture all the way from france every summer and her handcrafted bed is still in the hotel. It's located in room 314, which supposedly is Carolyn's, was Carolyn's private suite. Um, and is now open to guests, but I 
don't know if, like, that's actually where her room was because she did have a private residence that was kind of, like, across the road. Because the hotel itself has, like, a really long driveway. But they did, Stickney and Carolyn did have, like, a private residence that was, like, on the property but away from the hotel. So, uh, but her personal bed that she traveled with is still in the hotel. Okay, so Carolyn, after her husband died, added the sun dining room, which had guest rooms above it, the fourth floor between the two towers, and then a chapel in honor of her first husband. So she added on to the hotel and made sure that it continued um, to operate. And another fun fact is, if Princess Carolyn wanted to swim in the hotel's indoor pool, all other guests had to get out and wait for her to finish. That is the most extra thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I love it. But I feel, like, yeah, but I, said, but I feel like somebody in here would be the exact same. Way. I'm not gonna name any names. But <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't be too far removed for someone else to do this. Um, thing. there was this balcony. Okay, so in the early nineteen hundreds, dinner was like a really big deal because, like, you would vacation for the summer. So you would go and you wouldn't just stay for like a week. Like you would stay for the whole season, the whole summer. And when Mount Washington Hotel was built, families would come for the entire summer. And so it wouldn't just be like mother and, you know, father or like husband and wife. It was like the children came and so the staff came. And so like all of the rooms were built like kind of like mini housing units and so then they had to like divide them up into guest rooms after one of the renovations to like kind of bring it into like the 21st century but um dinner was like a huge thing and so guests would retire to their rooms to like get ready for dinner and there would be a procession from like, the guest rooms to the dining hall where they would have dinner. And Carolyn had this, like, there was, like, this balcony with a curtain, and it would overlook the, like, staircase that guests would have to descend to the, to get to the, to get to the great hall and then go into the, the dining room. She would stand behind this curtain and watch guests as they, like, walked down the stairs and judge their outfits. And if she thought anybody was wearing an outfit prettier or more extravagant than hers, she would go back up to her room and change. Oh, my. Look, it feels like more of it feels like more or less of the inner workings of someone else. Again, not naming any names. You can name the names. Everybody knows you're talking about me. I mean, I mean, if we want to make that <laughs> assumption that that's what I'm insinuating, go ahead. But I want to be for record, and I quote, that I never, ever said, and so it can't be held against me, that I was talking about Jordan. Y'all heard me at the beginning of the episode. Yes. There was yes, a, there was a, another reason why this stuck with me. Yes. I love this princess. And it's just like, um, uh, so the balcony isn't there anymore, but they have like a painting or like a mural where the balcony was of Carol, Carolyn, like standing at the balcony. Um, 
but she was always the last to descend the stairs for, for dinner, and she had a table, and she had her own china that she used every night, and she ate all her meals at this one table, and she sat by herself after her husband passed away. So she was a very well-to-do lady, and she liked things how she liked them, and, and I can I can respect that. Do you remember when I was with my mom and we recorded at my mom's house or maybe it was before then, but I remember telling you that there was a place where like there was a really sassy ghost and I couldn't wait to cover it. Mm -hmm. That's this ghost. That's, that's Carolyn. I just progressively, this is, this has become more about character development. (laughs) Good God. Okay. Um, I'm just focused on the fact that you said she would descend down last and I'm like well, she's extra and making sure all she and making sure like you know that's the star everybody's got to know that the star and I got to make sure I look better than everybody else because I'm said star she's the so it's just like princess well, I mean I get that and then it's just like all right now I'm gonna eat at my own table with my and like by myself because again I'm the star, and no one else is at my level. And it's just like, like you said, you have to respect it, because one of those things where it's just like, ain't no, hold up, correct English, nobody is about to check this girl's ego. Nope. <laughs> because because you can't. Nope. And it's like, that's, that's like commendable, because it's just like, what are you going to do about it? And it's just like it's one of those things you have to like. Not a dang thing. Because, because you're like the sheer, the sheer like attention that commands is like astonishing. Mm-hmm. I love her. That, that's what I had. That's that's okay. Calm down. Calm down. Um. <laughs> So, Carolyn died in 1936 in her private residence, so she did not pass in France. Um, She passed away in her private residence, which is now a part of the hotel. It's called the Breton Arms Hotel. And the hotel passed to her nephew, Foster Reynolds. The hotel did close in 1942 due to World War II, and then in 1944, a Boston syndicate bought the entire property for $450,000. They bought a $1.7 million hotel and all of its grounds for $450,000. That's less than half. What are we at? Like That's not even half. That's what I said. It's less than half. You're the math ways, you tell me. I already established it was less than half. I said, I was trying to think. I said, oh my goodness. We're like above 30, but not quite 45. Yep. That's highway robbery, literally. Well, I did say a Boston syndicate. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) not to judge or anything, but okay. So that same year, the Bretton Woods Monetary Conference took place at the hotel. The hotel, uh, or this conference, is the conference that resulted in the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund, uh, which is significant if uh, that means anything to you. So there is a plaque in the gold room where the negotiations took place that does state that this is where the um, International Monetary Fund was signed and brought into fruition. 
it's a very exciting piece of history that happened or an exciting piece of modern history that happened at the hotel. One of the uh, features of note for the hotel is a bar known as Cave, or I don't know if it's the Cave, um, or Caves. Like, there's a a club where my best friend lives it's called Caves, and, like, that's where we used to go hang out. So I don't know if it's called the Cave or, like, Cave, apostrophe S, Caves. Um... But this uh, area was originally known as the Hotel Squash Courts. Uh, the space was later converted into a bar and grill. It was a speakeasy during Prohibition. Um, and guests used to drink spirits out of teacups. What in the world? Because it was a fancy hotel. And, like, I guess they didn't have, like... Or because it was a speakeasy, like, no one would question what they were drinking because they were drinking it out of a teacup. So, like, maybe they just all thought they were drinking tea. I don't know. I just find it adorable. It's just, this story. <laughs> this story is just progressively more and more quote-unquote bougie. <laughs> it's a grand hotel. What do you expect? But it's just like, it. it's like, it's like drinking spirits out of a, like, how, how much confidence do you have to have? Yeah, I'm about to drink this spirit out of a tea. First of all, why am I drinking a spirit? You know what? Nah. I was about to say, I would 100% do that. First of all, why are we... I'm not surprised, but in my better judgment and the color of my hair, um, I'm just like, you know what? I would let you do that. Me, I'm just like, nah, I'm probably allergic to it. (laughs) Yeah, I, I I'd have to save face. I'm like, nah, I'm good. I I've already had my like spirit. I, I you know I have my spirit milk. I'm good. Spirit milk. It's one of those things you're gonna pour out, and it's gonna like the plant's gonna and like y'all like everybody's laughs, but it's gonna be one of those things like if you had it and you pour it out to the plant, the plant would will, and you'd be like, I didn't want that. I'm crying. I don't know why this is so funny to me, but. The fact that you're because so you're like, the fact that you're so put off that they're drinking alcohol out of a teacup. <laughs> come on, man. Come on. It's it's called a teacup, not a spirit cup. I drink milk out of a teacup. I feel like that's okay. It's what I eat my nighttime cookies with. You sure you don't? You sure you don't drink your nighttime spirit with it? I mean, I'm going to now, man. Oh I just God. had wine. I should have put it in my teacup. Opportunity. I mean, it would have fit. It, it would have fit the store, and then I'd have been like, "Oh my God!" <laughs> Next time. Okay. You know something real? So present day. There is a regular cafe, an arcade, a candy shop for kids, and uh. Even a post office, because at one time, the only, um, the only, like, it was the only post office in Bretton Woods, because it was, like, not a big town. Um, but at one time, it was the only hotel post office with its own zip code. So the whole, like, the area that, the hotel basically was its own zip code. Or the post office had its own zip code. 
I don't really understand that fact. Don't fact check me on that one. Just, just, yeah, let's just move on from that. Um, oh, I was going to talk about what the hotel has today. Okay, found it. Okay, so the hotel today offers 3,000 square feet of meeting fa- meeting space. It has a full service spa and salon, two golf courses. Uh, the hotel was built by a very popular New Hampshire ski resort. So now the hotel is New Hampshire's largest ski area. You had me at ski. I know, right? Well, I like to snowboard. I can't ski to save my life. Well... Look, I, mean, I said that because I was assuming snowboard was going to be there. So it's like, yes, no, I have yet to ski because I've always been on the board. I'm just like, all right, my mind immediately went to, all right, my interest is more peaked than it already was. Okay. Um, it has two four diamond reading dining rooms. So, like, you know how restaurants are four star or, like, uh-huh. rated by stars? So I guess, like, hotel dining rooms are given, like, diamonds for, like, their ratings. Um, it has numerous resort activities. So, like I said, they have, like, the paranormal type stuff, but they also have hikes, horseback riding, um, there's the, the golf courses, so they have, like, a, like a, like a putting range and a bunch of other stuff. Um, they have an indoor and an outdoor pool. Uh, it's gorgeous scenery. Uh, it's got, the hotel has one of the longest zip line tours in New England. I don't know. I didn't look. It's probably going to be really expensive. (laughs) And listen, we're going to New Orleans in a couple of weeks, so let's think about this later. You're you're not wrong, but it's never too early to start thinking about zip. I mean, going on places that have a lot of extra stuff. I mean, you say yourself, what was it, a four diamond rate? Yeah, I'm not going to lie. When first when you said it, I was assuming there was just a lot of, di- like, this is just me being dumb. I was like, four diamond? Why, is- why are we going to this place? <laughs> and then you start naming all this stuff. I'm like, all right, so you're telling me we're going. That's I mean, I wanted going. to go just for the horseback riding, but we can totally go for the zip line too. Look, especially since, you know, oh, they got all the paranormal stuff. But then they got hiking. I'm like, that does not go together. And then it's like, then they got golf. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be like, wait, have you seen Space Jam before I like made this reference? Yes, I've seen Space Jam. All right, making sure. I was going to, it's like, you say that. And I'm like, hey, look, my ball got next to the hole. And then, you know, all of a sudden my ball is going to be in the hole. And I'm be like, oh, huh. I seen my, I seen my little putt move. Yeah, no. Nah, it's time to go. <laughs> we, out, we out here cheating. <laughs> It's time to go. And you said hiking. I'm like, nah. Um, I ain't gonna go up there. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, there's a sign facing the wrong way. Nope. Uh, turn back and go the other way. <laughs> um. Well, they also have tennis courts, and they have a fitness center, and it also says that there's um Wi-Fi on the list. I, I, I hope so. We're hiking. I'm gonna need to get out of here. <laughs> um. So, some of the attractions that are nearby are the Mount Washington Cog Railway, Storyland, 
Six Gun City, uh, Flume, George, Echo Lake Beach, and uh, numerous hiking trails and picnicking areas. But the hotel itself, like, offers, like, guided hikes and stuff, but then you can just go on, like, self-hikes because there's all of these, like, trails in the area for, like, when ski season is not in, you know, when there's no snow. Um, okay. Uh, go back to my notes here. Uh, so the hotel has gone, has undergone renovations since its opening, because, you know, Caroline, or Carolyn added to the hotel. The first big renovation was in 1991, when it was brought into the 21st century. That's when I told you they had to, like, break up all of the, like, uh, rooms. So some of the rooms are laid out really oddly, because... The rooms were originally done in, like, mini living quarters, and so there were smaller rooms for, like, staff and children, and then there was, like, the big, the bigger rooms for, like, adults. So some, uh, sometimes you've got, like, a random room on, like, the other side of the bathroom, um, but it's not, like, another guest room. Uh, and they added, like, electrics, they updated plumbing, that kind of stuff, and then there was another renovation done in 20, uh, or not... 20, in 2007, and then again in 2015 when the Omni hotel brand purchased the hotel so in 2015 they like redid a bunch of uh, a lot of the uh guest rooms so like they just kind of like remodeled the guest rooms to make it a little bit more modern hmm. uh okay so i'm gonna move into like the ghosty stuff now gotcha. so Carolyn usually gets blamed for any and all paranormal activity, but there's so much stuff in, like, so many areas that Carolyn would have just never, ever gone into. I don't think she's the only spirit in the hotel. But she normally does get blamed for most of it, and I just think that that's wrong. Like, why discriminate? Why does it all have to be Carolyn? You've probably got a bunch of people that love spending their summers there. What about... Mr. Stickney, or Stickney, he built the place. Maybe he's mad that he only got to spend a year there. Like, you don't know. This is true. People, I mean, that could be the truth. Yeah. Uh, the hotel is also built on granite. Like, it has a lot of granite inside the hotel, but the land underneath the hotel, like the mountain and stuff, all of it is composed of a lot of granite. And I think I've said this before, but granite uh, supposedly can fuel paranormal activity because it acts like a natural battery. But it tends to fuel more residual type haunts because it can, when I say it acts as a battery, it like absorbs energy and then that energy basically replays. Um, as far as like the research that I've read and like heard about and seen talked about on like other paranormal shows, I don't really see a lot of paranormal researchers think that it could fuel uh, intelligent ghosts, but there's no research to say that it can't. Just most of the time it's linked to more residual type haunts because it can help uh, energy get trapped in an area and then give it the ability to like replay again and again. But I really do think that a lot of the spirits here are intelligent. Uh, so we're going to start with room 314 because it is the most active room in the entire hotel. And so this is the room that is supposedly... Pie. Huh? I, I said pie. <laughs> um, this is the room that is supposedly Carolyn's... Pr was supposedly part of Carolyn's private suite. Um, but 
it is for sure the room that houses her uh, handmade four-poster bed that she traveled with because she liked to sleep in her own bed. Uh, so in this room, guests often complain that their feet are touched at night or like something is dragged across their feet. Uh, there was a guest that came forward or came down one morning and told the receptionist that she had woken up to see a woman at the end of the bed taking her hair down pin by pin and then brushing it out in front of the mirror. And then she slowly just like faded away. And uh, supposedly there's a lot of knocking on the door, um, like on the outside door to the hallway and in the bathroom. Um, during investigations, they got a lot of knocking. And then this is the room where the two EVPs I was talking about were captured. Um, so if you want, I can go ahead and send you those two videos. I'm going to send them to you on Snapchat because I don't know if they'll send through a text message. Okay, so I sent them. And it's more about listening to it. You don't necessarily need to watch it. Should I play it? Yeah, you can play it. Did you just watch the one with Steven Tango first? I hope. Did you hear the, did you hear the, like, talking, the voice that was talking over them? Yeah. I just watched the, I watched the one that first came through because they're all talking. And I guess that's the one. And I was going to click and listen to the other one. I was like, huh, what's going on here? Huh. Okay, you heard that one though, right? Yeah. Okay, so this is the... So these are the two AVPs that they caught in the princess's room, room 314. Um, in season four, episode seven, uh, the episode I believe is titled Ghostly Conversation. To date, I'm pretty sure Grant and Jay both say that these are the best two EVPs that they've ever caught. Now, the first one that you listen to, you can't really tell what is being said, but you can tell it's a female voice. And it's like an older female. It's not like a young, you know, uh, kind of like a sing-songy voice. It's very, I feel like it's very gruff. Um, but it's there. And they weren't hearing it at the time. And so they just kind of go on about having their own conversation and then when they were doing uh you know the the analysis is when they came across it and unfortunately you cannot tell what she's saying but in the second one with jay and grant where jay is like sitting on the couch in the room and he's asking questions um you kind of hear some some mumbling going on before that and then he asks princess um are you in here with us and she goes or in, and a voice comes through later, because they didn't hear this in real time. Um, they did not hear this at the time. So during analysis, they hear an answer that says, of course I'm in here. Where are you? Uh -uh. Oh, before that, I'm sorry, before that, you hear uh, that uh, someone say or hear a, a woman say, hello, is there someone there? And then Jay asks if it's her in the room with them. And she says, of course, I'm in here. Where are you? And then he said, "Is can you sh give us a sign that you're in here? Can you say something? Can you move something? And then that last little bit, I think, is more jumbled than the rest of it. And um, it's kind of like mumbled. But I think it, it says something along the lines of like, if I could just move something. And there's a couple of different ways you could interpret that, but I interpret that as in like, of course I'm in here. Where are you? Oh, oh, you want me to move something now? 
Like, they kind of got the feeling that they were bothering her by being there. But every time I listen to that EVP, I kind of get a little teary-eyed because I'm like, does she not, like, what if she isn't experiencing reality the same way that, like, we are? Like, to her, she's existing in her own hotel and she doesn't know that time is passing. She doesn't know that necessarily that she's dead. And so, like, she's in her room and then she hears she's hearing someone else or feeling like someone else is there, but it's kind of like a different plane of existence where, like, it's the same space, but they're not on the same plane. So, like, it's kind of just, like, momentarily overlapping where they can hear each other. It kind of makes me sad because I'm like, she may not know that she's dead. She may not know that in what's called reality and she's not in reality, you know, but she's intelligent because she's responding to them. So it also is extremely fascinating because I'm like, what is she experiencing? How, how does thing, how does time progress for her? What is, does, is there a day and a night or is she just kind of like in a time loop? Like what's the situation here? But it's, but it, it, it really made me question what I believed and, like, how I thought about ghosts and kind of opened my mind to, to, to feel for them, to be empathetic for them. Because they may not be experiencing the flow of time at all. They may not know that they're dead. They may not even realize that there's another plane of existence um, that exists where, like, that's different from the one that they're on. Or... It could just be too, like, a timeline if you're, like, into the multiverse and, like, you know, science-y stuff. Like, the timeline isn't necessarily linear. So, like, it could just be an overlap of different time periods, too. She may not actually be a ghost, you know? Like, there's so many possibilities here. And it just really made me think. And it really, yeah. con you know, it just cemented that curiosity into my brain where I was like, I need to know more. I want to know more. But I'm also a huge weenie, where, like, I want to learn about it from afar. I do not want to be there in person, necessarily, but at the same time, I do, so it's it's weird. I just love how she was just like, uh, of course I'm in here. Where are you? Like, it's the best ghost response ever. <laughs> She's so sassy. I love it. It's, it's like, it's kind of, it's like so great how it is. It's just like, of course I'm in here. Because like, I, I remember when you said it, and I, like, when I heard it, I was like, I mean, I guess that makes sense because it is your room. Yeah, it's her bed. So we don't necessarily know if that's the room that she would have stayed in, but we do know that that's her bed that she always slept in. I mean, she loved to sleep in it so much that she brought it with her to and from France. So she could just be really attached to the bed. And we do know that spirits do get attached to objects, and possessing that object can encourage paranormal activity. Um... But a lot of times when a spirit is attached to an object, it's more residual. It's not necessarily intelligent. And she was responding to them. And if you want further evidence of an intelligent haunt in that room, in Season 8, Episode 11, which is called uh, The Princess and the EVP, they did get another really good EVP from this bedroom, but I did not record it for you because it's literally just a blood-curdling scream. Oh, God. But it, but here's the thing. 
it sounded really muffled. So she, or whatever spirit was making this, this cry could have just been so frustrated that whoever was in the room couldn't hear her. So she got frustrated and just screamed as loud as she could. Because it definitely sounded like it came from inside the room, but it came across very muffled. But, like, it was loud. And it was louder than anybody was expecting, and it was drawn out. It was in, like, uh, Tango at one point is like, are you okay? Like, can we help you? But then Grant was kind of like, well, she may just be really frustrated, you know? Like, there's a lot of... Don't assume that she's in pain or being attacked or whatever. Like, she could just be doing it to get our attention. She could be doing it out of frustration. She could be doing it to scare us out of the room because we're annoying her. Um, but uh, that night, so the second time that they went in season eight, um, they were getting lots of knocking. I mean, this room never seems to disappoint for people who are going to investigate um, Grant did the old, uh, like, shaving a haircut bit. Do you know what that is? <laughs> it's the... Like, the name of that knock sequence is called a shave and a haircut. It has a name? Yes, it has a name. <laughs> I don't know why it's called the shave and a haircut. I've never Googled it. But I do know that that's what it's called. And, um, so a lot of times what ghost hunters will do and not just particularly like the taps team but like ghost hunters in general they'll use that sequence because it's so old and so well known that even spirits who are like older can recognize it and they know how to finish the sequence so they'll do the first couple of knocks the and then they'll ask the ghost or the spirit to do the last two knocks and um so Grant does the shave and a haircut bit and asks the princess to finish the last two knocks. And in time, there's two very distinct loud knocks. In time. Like, it, there was, like, a pause between, like, when Grant finished his section. And there was, like, I think two or three beats before you hear the other two knocks. But, like, they were definitely there. And they weren't two knocks that were spread out like it was very they were very close together they were very in time with the whole rhythm it was great and before that they had said like if you want us to leave you gotta like bang you know make a loud bang and they get a really loud bang and then tango was like man really now we have to leave but they couldn't recreate it and they couldn't get the the spirit to do it again so they kind of were like, well, we don't know if that was like a heating pipe or something. So they kind of continued on for a short while, which is when they did the light shave and a haircut bit. And they got that response. And then that after that's when they got the scream. So after that, they did leave the room for a little while. <laughs> yeah, but that scream came through because they heard it in real time. This was not an EVP. This was a disembodied, blood-curdling scream. But they caught it on an audio recorder. They caught it on a mini-DV. And they caught it on the pr production footage. So it was backed up and cooperated by three different pieces of equipment. Um, And then also while they were in the room... Uh, investigating, they kept thinking they were hearing, like, whispers and, or talking, but they couldn't pinpoint where in the room it was coming from, but Grant would, like, go out into the hallway and, like, confirm that there was no one in the next room or, like, out in the hallway that was talking. Um, 
And then uh, later on in the night, Jay was sitting at uh, Command Central watching the DVR cameras. And he saw they had they had set up um, a stationary heat or a thermal camera, and um, a stationary IR camera in room three fourteen, and so he's watching those and he sees a heat signature show up on the thermal, and nobody's in the room, and he's like, "Uh, excuse me," so he gets up and he goes and checks the room. And there's no one there. So he comes back to Command Central. He has Dave Tango kind of rewind the tape a bit. And they try to do some, like, real-time analysis on it. And on the thermal camera, they can see the bedspread on the bed in 314 moving. Like, they caught it moving. And Tango kind of said that it looked like someone had thrown their legs over the side of the bed. But during analysis, they caught it on the IR camera, too. So... There's, like, a heat signature on the pillow, kind of, like, shaped kind of like a head, or there's just, like, a heat spot. But then the cover seems to come, like, out from the side of the bed and up. So it's not necessarily moving like someone threw their legs over the bed, like, over the side of the bed where it's, like, indented. It it literally comes out and up. Like, there was a breeze, but... Nothing else in the room moved. That was the only spot of the bed cover that moved. And if it was a breeze, it would have ruffled the entire length of the bed spread on that side. And it didn't. And they caught it on the IR camera. And on the IR camera, you can live, like, on the thermal camera, it just looks like you can just tell that it's moving. And it looks like a heat signature is, is there. And, like, you can tell there's movement, but on the IR camera, it's clear as day. Like, it is coming out and up, and everyone's like, oh, we, we don't know how to explain that. <laughs> um, so, oh, and then, uh, so Jay and Grant go back into the room later, uh, after that to kind of, like, investigate in there some more, um, And they heard footsteps, more knocking, and what they thought was female laughter. But none of that translated onto the audio, so we only have their personal experience. But, yeah, (laughs) room 314 never disappoints. So, now we're going to talk about the South Hall. Um, The South Hall, or the South Tower, is uh, the old employees' quarters. So they would charge employees $35 a week to live up there. Um, I think the last time employees lived up there, I think, was, like, in the 70s or 80s. Because no one's lived up there in a very long time, and it's kind of, like, dilapidated and kind of falling apart and, you know, not livable anymore. Uh, A lot of people, it's still on the, like, patrol for employees. Like, they have to check the space. Um... But when employees or people go up there, they report uh, having really heavy feelings, weird vibes, uh, dark, like a dark white, hazy mass has been seen coming in and out of rooms. What would a dark white be? Like, um, I would say like an off-white, like not bright, like it was a light. It was just kind of like a cloud, but kind of not gray. So not like a bright white where it looks like it's um, emitting its own light source, but like 
a kind of like a dark cloud that's not necessarily gray. Um, but they but they see like a dark white mass moving through the 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 south tower and it goes in and out of rooms i think one person said it went through a doorway like it went through a closed door uh there's a lot of footsteps a lot of knocking a lot of disembodied voices um during their first investigation in 2008 i believe um, a large piece of glass was thrown at Jay and Grant when they were investigating up there, and it was like a huge, like, thick chunk of glass, and it didn't match the glass from any of the windows. There was no broken glass anywhere that it could have come from. They spent an hour trying to figure out where this piece of glass could have, like, fallen from or, you know, come from, and they couldn't figure it out. So something threw a big chunk of glass at them. Um... And then in the second investigation, Britt and KJ were up there and they basically took like every piece of equipment that they could find and they were hearing whispering and voices and footsteps. Um, I do believe in the first episode of season, in season four, uh, Steve and Tango did catch footsteps in the South Tower, like as an audio clip to play at the reveal um but when kj and Britt were up there in season eight they had uh a, they had rem pods they had the mel meter they had digital audio i mean they had every piece of equipment that they could fit into their backpacks and they just kind of like set it out and i mean the equipment was going off uh, intermittently they were hearing footsteps but nothing was really like interacting with them it kind of seemed like always like 10 feet away from them but they did they did have like some really interesting experiences up there let's see what is next on my list to talk about oh okay so there is an area above the dining room and it's kind of like another octagonal tower uh because like the south tower is like an octagonal shape yeah. and but there's no rooms up here. Like, it's literally, I don't even know what it's used for. But when you're in the dining room and you look up, you see, like, these Tiffany glass windows. But they don't, they're not, like, outside windows. Like, behind the windows is, like, that tower. The inside of that tower. And there's, like, plumbing and, like, stuff up there now. Um... But there's like a, it's called the Wall of Signatures, and it's an area where every single employee who has ever worked at the hotel has signed their name. So, I mean, there's names that date back all the way to like 1901 from like people who were like building the hotel. Um, but in this space, it's a lot of the same stuff. There's like footsteps, people claim to be in the dining room at night. Or when there's no guests and they hear people, like, walking around up there. But, like, there's a padlock on the on the lower door that's locked. And they'll go check it and it's locked. But, like, they hear people walking around up there. They uh, will see shadows pass behind the windows while they're, like, in the dining room. So there's, like, things passing in front of, or, like, by the windows, but nobody is up there. Um, they do have a ballroom and a guard claims that he was pushed in the ballroom, but 
Taps did not document any evidence from the ballroom. In the second episode, so in season eight, uh, or no, I'm sorry. In the first investigation that they did, both Grant, Steve, uh, Jay, and Tango, uh, heard footsteps in that area and, like, the sound of, like, fabric moving. So, like, you know how, like, when you walk, like, and you're wearing jeans, there's, like, that swishing sound? Yeah. Or, like, when you're wearing pants and you walk, there's, like, the swishing sound. So they were hearing footsteps and this, like, swishing sound of, like, clothes at the same time. And then, like, Grant was moving around a space that was, like, above that. Like, they found, like, a ladder or, like, stairs that went up even further into the towers. And Grant felt like he walked into a cobweb, but, like, there were no cobwebs. So that's, that's, that's a very common paranormal effect, is, like, the cobwebby feeling. But there are no cobwebs, but I don't think any paranormal researchers have ever been able to explain it. Um... So, in the investigation in Season 8, the person who gave the tour uh, to the TAPS team uh, said that there were new claims of footsteps around the reception desk, and people were seeing full-body apparitions at the table that the princess used to sit at by herself to eat dinner and all her meals. So, people were saying that, like, they would look over and they would see a person sitting at the table and then, like, that person would disappear. <laughs> um, but in, see- in the Season 8 investigation, they also got to investigate Breton Arms, which is the building that used to be uh, Joseph Stickney and Carolyn Stickney's private residence, which is, I believe, where Carolyn Stickney p- ended up passing away in 1936. Um... Most of the claims at Breton Arms are full-body apparitions. Uh, There are shadows seen in the basement. KJ and Britt were in the basement, and they saw movement and heard noises coming from behind a boiler, but none of that translated onto um, any of their equipment. Uh, When Jay and Grant did their investigation of Breton Arms, they were in the kitchen. So, like, they went into the building, and they decided to investigate the kitchen first, And I don't know what they were doing, but at one point, Grant kind of, like, pans over and you see the kitchen door open and close. And so Jay is like, excuse me? And so he goes out to the front door and, like, other doors in the area to try to, like, open them and create suction. They could not recreate that. They could not make the door open or close. Like, it was heavy is a heavy door. They couldn't recreate it. Both the cameraman and Grant's mini DV got it closing. So that that was something that they weren't able to recreate and they were able to bring that to the client to be like, hey, we caught this as evidence in the Breton Arms. Um, I think that's all that they documented for Breton Arms. They didn't really spend a whole lot of time there or there wasn't a lot of footage from Breton Arms in the episode. Um, but I think that's because most of the claims are, like, full-body apparitions. Um, there was a, a story about, um, a guest or an employee who had been in one of the sitting areas, and they saw someone walk into the sitting area and into the fireplace. 
like through the fireplace which I don't necessarily believe, but it's one of the stories that was, like, at the beginning of the episode. Um, people get a lot of, like, cold spots at the Breton Arms. Um, and then there's just a bunch of those shadow figures running around the basement, apparently. <laughs> I don't know why you would go down there, but... Exactly. See, 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 yeah. see you start... There you go. See, you're starting to learn... No, I'm <laughs> I don't like basements. We established this in the House of the 200 Demons. True. I mean, well, let's be honest here. Would you really have wanted to go down there when there was this random green carpet? I mean, no, but I don't like basements to begin with. So, wait. Alright, so the, the question is, during tornadoes, do you just, like, tough it out and hop in the bathtub? I've never had a basement. Yeah, Normally, I'm like daring the tornado to take me, and it never does. So, no, I'm never in the bathtub. Like on a date or no? <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't tell. Like, if my electricity and my Wi-Fi does not go out, I am watching Netflix through that whole thing. I can. Re- my mom will be sending me text messages telling me to get into the bathtub, and I'm like, "Yo, I have two cats and a dog. You really think I'm going to get them in the same bathroom? No." I mean, if you tried hard enough, you could probably get two. Yeah, the tornado would have passed by then. Like, by the time I got them in the bathroom, even just two of them, the tornado would have passed or taken us with it. So I'm just like, yo, it's fine. I lived a moderately good life. You can take me, it's fine. It never happens, though. Who made you like So. <laughs> who life did oh my god life made me like this hey you're, you, you know what I'm not even gonna disagree yeah there's not a lot you can disagree with uh, I mean I could it is. I got dealt some bad cards okay so look you didn't even get dealt cards you just well, what you got? I don't know what <laughs> I got dealt some. I got dealt a handful of jokers. Is what happened. Okay, let me stop. It's like you're not wrong on there. <laughs> okay. Um. Well, I only have like two bullets left. Excuse me. Um. I know. Huh. Okay. So back to the Mount Washington Hotel. Uh. By the time season eight rolls around, we have Adam and Amy on the TAPS team, which are my two favorite investigators who now have their own show called Kindred Spirits. You should go watch it if you haven't yet, which I've told you many times to go watch it. So you should watch it. Talking about everybody in general. Oh, you mean I'm talking to everybody in general? Yes, I'm telling anybody who is listening to this podcast that if they have not watched Kindred Spirits, please go watch it. You can watch it on Discovery Plus. Yeah, because like... It was a fact, like, you start raising the voice, and like, all right, guys, remember, she's talking to everybody in general. She's not, not, not just me. Yeah, he, the only way he's going to watch it if, is if I make him watch it, so I'm talking to everybody else. Accurate. Okay, so Amy and Adam were investigating the dining room during the second investigation, and Amy saw a figure walk across, I don't really know if she it walked across the, like, dining room, it, or if it, like, just kind of, like, rounded a corner. But 
she saw, I, I don't even want to say a figure. Like, she said it was clear as day. It was a person. And so Adam, being, you know, his cute little self, is like, okay, if I was a person and I was walking in the direction that you said that they were walking, where would they go? And so he goes to, like, follow its path, which if you've never, which I've only, like, seen the the footage from, from the episode, so I can't really describe what the dining room is like, but I, I think there's, like, a, like, an entryway to the dining room where there's, like, a, like, you go through a set of doors and then you kind of, like, turn to the right and go through another set of doors and then that's the dining room. Um, and so Adam goes to, like, turn to the right to go into the main portion of the dining room and he stops and is just like, oh my god. And Amy's like, what? And he's like, I saw a person. There is a person there. And Amy kind of walks in behind him and there's like a bunch of windows and then there's a set of French doors on the other side of the dining room that are like mirrored. And so it's really easy to get shadow play. But Adam was like, no, no. It was a person and they walked from right to left. And so they like hurry across the dining room and they get to where the shadow was and Amy's like, are you sure it wasn't a reflection? And Adam's like, I, I don't think so, but let's go over there. And so they go over there, and he's like, where this person was walking, we cannot walk. Like, we cannot get to this area, like, where this person was walking. Like, I, I guess there was, like, tables there or, like, or something blocking that area. And so he goes back to where he was, and, like, Amy's, like, trying to walk around the, like, the dining room to kind of, like um, figure it out, and he was, like, where you would have to be to, to be the height of where this, this person was walking, you can't get to because that thing is there. Whatever it was, it was, like, blocking their path. You can't really tell what it is in the, in the episode, but, like, they couldn't figure it out, and they were, like, it was a person. Like, it wasn't a dark figure. It was a person. It was, like, lighter than the than the space around it not darker and so then amy goes over to the princess's table and is like hey like i'm gonna sit at your table in your seat is that okay and like she's sitting there and she's kind of like looking around the dining room and she looks up into the 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 area where like the um the wall of names is and she sees a shadow pass by one of the windows and she's like oh my god adam come over here. And so she makes Adam sit down and they're watching the windows and she's like, there's this one over here and then there's this one that's like a little bit further away, but like one pane is darker than the other pane, but like something even darker than the darker pane, something blocked that out. She was very specific and she was like, I have to see what's up there. And she wasn't there during the first investigation, so I don't know that she had ever had ever been up there before. So they go and they get someone to unlock that door and they go up to where the wall of names is and they're like trying to get to that window where she saw the shadow. There's no floor. Yeah. So there's no way that like an actual person could have been up there walking. Because she's like, nobody can get over there. Like, no one is there. Like, no one could be there to get to this window where I saw the shadow. And it's not like she saw the shadow pass by, like, 
a bunch of windows, like it walked all the way around. It just went by one window. And so she was like, are there birds up here? Are there animals up here? Like, what is going on? And she couldn't, they couldn't figure it out because there was no floor. So they couldn't get over to where the shadow was. And she was like, it had to have been like a flying animal because any animal that would have been big enough to make this shadow like couldn't get over there. But she was like, if it was a bird or a bat, like it wouldn't have been big enough to block out this entire pain. So they got really, really excited about that. And so later on in the night, Amy goes back to the dining room with Grant to investigate with him solo. And they're talking about it and she's telling him what they see. And they start hearing a bunch of like sounds of movement above them in that same area like they had in the in the first investigation. And again, they go up there and there's nobody up there. And they're like, there was definitely someone walking up here, but there's no one up here because there's no floor. <laughs> Yeah, so aside from those claims, what I was able to find about, like, other common things that happen in the hotel are the full-body apparitions, lights flick on and off, and then doors open and close a lot, but I feel like that's, like, super common for any hotel that's haunted. But, uh, yeah, that is the uh, Mount Washington Hotel in Bretton Woods, New Hampshire. That has snow. It does. There is a, There are two ski resorts. And you know, you know, drinking spirit out of a wine glass. Out of a teacup. Tea out of a teacup. Yeah, no, I had it. I had it until I still got to the wine. I mean, you said wine earlier, and I was like, no, oh, that sounds stupid now. Because <laughs> I went on a big of a rant. It was just the whole teacup thing. Mm-hmm. Good gosh. Yeah, you did. You went on a whole rant about those stupid teacups. It just didn't make sense. It was just like, hey, you know, you know, it sounds good. And he had this spirit in this uh good old this old, good old It could have been like a tactic in case, you know, like cops came in or something. What's that? I mean, I got you, but I've still been real confused. If anything, <laughs> I feel like that raises a bigger red flag. Nah, not in those oh, days. Bull corn. <laughs> Probably not. They were like, hey, would you? Oh, I'm drinking spirit out of a teacup. Me? No, they would just say they're drinking tea. Hey, why your tea look different than everybody else? <laughs> it's a different flavor of tea. Have you ever had oolong tea? That tea is white. <laughs> I'm like, hey, yo, fam, come drink this real quick. I gotta know. He's like, ah, oh, this is some good quote unquote tea. He's like. I know this flavor, but I can't think of what it is. <laughs> That's about how it would go. Me, I'm just like, yeah, no, someone's telling me not to drink this. <laughs> Don't drink after people, especially in those days. You could get sick. Nobody brushed their teeth or had good hygiene. First of all, it, it, I almost went too far. I was like, so you're not wrong then, but I was like, I wasn't drinking after anybody in them days. I would have walked in like, get them out of here. Anyway, it would have been rough. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I feel like also, I mean, granted, you know, this is about to go wide off topic before we like kind of wrap things up. I'm surprised you didn't say anything about like the, the, like my name, like what? Oh, the Jordan's secret boyfriend. Yeah. I forgot about it. Okay. So like. I figured you would say something. And then when you didn't, I <laughs> was like telling you about how I dropped the lasagna and was like, we need to jump into this episode because I'm ready to be done. <laughs> Like, well, my thing was, I was going to, and I thought about, like, when we were, like, 
got really going. I was like, oh, crap, I should have said something. And I was like, oh, too late now. Anyway, no. Why do you say secret boyfriend? We have a podcast. There would be no secret. <laughs> if we were dating. See, exactly. But no, the thing is, like, a, a couple of, uh, no, a couple of people are con- are convinced I have a secret girlfriend. And I'm really confused why. And then it's like, and I'm like, because I found out about it earlier, what was it, two, yesterday? It's like, yeah, it's, it's come people, people in my friend group. And I was like, why would I have a secret girlfriend? And then it was just like, I said. Wait, they're saying you have a secret girlfriend that's not me? No, 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 I'm not about to, first of all. Because I thought I was your secret wife. Exactly. But the issue is they're fully convinced that it's like, hey, he has like a secret girlfriend or something. But it's like. But they think it's you, and I'm just like, God, I need y'all to calm down. <laughs> Should I start sending them the, the, the GIF I created? Probably. But that's why I put it. I was like, to me, it was just like hilarious. I was like, guys, guys. But I, I caught wind of it, and I was like, y'all, are y'all too scared to ask? It's like, what? Yeah, I feel like if they're your friends, they could just be like, yo, who's your secret girlfriend? And you could just be like, ma, what now? Exactly. Okay. That's what I put on Twitter the other day. I was like, apparently, that's what I put on Twitter. I was like, apparently, guys, I have a secret girlfriend. And then, like, someone was my boy's like, wait, who? And I'm like, see, that's what I want to know. Oh, that's what that tweet was yeah, about. That's exactly why. I, I was real confused. Your tweet confused me, so I didn't say anything. And then like, and then like, somebody messaged today. They're like, "It's like, who is she?" And I'm like, "All right." In all caps, this just looks really, this looks weird, weird. That I needed to calm down. But it's just like, man, it's like, it's like secret web. I was like, I need everybody to just chill. And they're like, "Yeah, it's gotta be that Jordan person." I'm like, "That's the same last name." Again. Jordan person. I have a name. It, that it wouldn't help the situation because like, it's like. It's like, it's that door, it's like, it's like it's a, they all think it's you. And I'm just like, I crack up. Because, like, guys, what would I have to have a secret about? And two, just ask. And I've been adamant about, like, it's a, it's like, it's a no. But, and we have a podcast. It would not be a secret. This, this is definitely true. Because, let's. Like, they would figure it out. Mm-hmm. Even if we were trying to hide it. It, like, I feel like. The three people that listen to this podcast would figure it out. <laughs> the three. And they know who they are. Oh, my God. Speaking. Because there's only three of them. Sorry. Exactly. That's funny. I mentioned I had to do the podcast today. And one of the coaches, he thought it was my other one that I've kind of, like, neglected. Um, he said, like, what are we talking about today? And I, I give him the heart. He's, first of all, he's a University of Texas fan. Love him to death. Mm-hmm. But I give him crap about it all the time. And it's just like, and I always talk about how Arkansas beat them the past two times they played. No shame. But like, they're changing conferences, yada, yada, yada. That's not important. But like, it kind of is. But like, they're, they're like, they posted their all-time records against the conference that, you know, is the powerhouse conference that I believe is the best conference in football. And But their all-time record is like, they're beating like every team in the conference. But then it's like, at the very end, it shows them playing Vanderbilt. Who, if, if you watch college football, knows Vanderbilt is basically like the smart school of the SEC. And it's with the terrible. They've been terrible for like the past decade. 
like Arkansas, but it's just like we've we've made it to a bowl game and you know had a good season every now and then. But it's just like, mm-hmm. but you go to Texas versus Vanderbilt and Vanderbilt had a winning record, and I let this man have it. I was like, I don't care what you tell me from here on out. Just know, no matter what happens, y'all have a losing record to Vanderbilt. I was like, the Andy. I was like, who has a losing record to Vanderbilt? He's like, he's like, when's the last time we even played Vandy? It's like, I don't know, but apparently you lost. <laughs> I don't know, but you and lost. He's like, it's like, what is this? It's like the, like, like the 40s? I was like, that's, that's 40? Like, that's, that's the 1940s when they was handling y'all the business. And like, I, I've been like running this joke into the ground for like the past like month. And it's just like, he said, don't worry, when we get there, yeah, Vanderbilt, that's their, that's their, that's their recruiting pitch because Guys don't go to Vanderbilt to play football. They go to play baseball and the fact that Vanderbilt's a nice school. And I was like, yeah, we got the winning record against Texas. What come to Vanderbilt? I don't feel like that's much of a pitch, but... and then, See, that's what I'm saying, but that's, that's the point of the joke. Okay, I was about to say, like, a lot of other schools have beat Texas, but... But it's the fact that, like, a lot of those other teams are also good. Vanderbilt's not, which is the problem. Yeah. Like, I was like, yeah, so that, that to me, that's hilarious. But yeah, no, I have to explain the secret BF thing. It's like, it would not be a secret. It's like, you're not wrong. It's just like... It, it definitely wouldn't be. And I, and I feel like, wanna about, I feel like, first of all, don't think Jordan would take too kind of being trying to be kept a secret. I, I value my life. I don't think I would, as long as I wasn't a mistress... And, like, you had a reason for keeping it a secret. That would be, like, something to be discussed. But, like, my f- my sisters cannot keep a secret to save their lives. And I don't keep secrets from them. So, like, there's no way it would be a secret. Because, like, Maddie cannot keep a secret to save her life. And she's one of our three listeners. And she would figure it out. And then she would tell everybody. Uh, and then I can only imagine it. I don't even know. So the question is, who would get texted first from your mother? You or me? Probably you. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, you're not wrong on Maddie and I've kept a secret. Like, when I when I hung out with all of them for, like, that hour, or probably go 45 minutes, that I was there, it's like, I, I was sitting there, and I was just like, I was overloaded with so much information that, one, it's okay that I know, but two, it wouldn't have killed me not knowing. And then three, it's just like, what are we even talking about anymore? And I was like, how does Jordan function? And I'm like, my brains can't shake. And I look, and I'm like, Killer, are you okay? Nope, he jumped into a washing machine today. So. Look, he, I, I went to dealing with all them girls. Sometimes you just gotta. Girls have like, we are not modest with each other. We have no boundaries. So we t- we can talk about just about anything. Um, but so you sit with each other. That didn't specify me or him. You've been made a part of the family now. Like, it doesn't matter anymore. Especially when it's Maddie. Maddie has, like, she doesn't care who knows what. Unless you're mom and she doesn't want you to know about something that she did. Yeah, like the... the while underage, like but... The, like, her whole thing, concert thing she did. Oh, yeah. But, uh, to, uh... Putting this situation in context, I completely forgot that Mother's Day was a thing and remembered um, the Friday 
before Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. And the only person I know who lives in the area is DQ. And he decided to go home for Mother's Day because his mother lives in Palestine. And he has to pass through Henderson. And I was like, yo, if I send you $50, will you stop and give this to the girls? Because they don't have bank accounts that I can just transfer money into so that they can get my mom a gift. Because I was already planning on coming down this weekend. And I thought Mother's Day was this weekend. So I was like going to give them their gifts this weekend. But no, it was last weekend. So I like had to figure out what to do last minute to give my mom and my grandma. Um, So I just sent the girls money for like flowers and cards because I was like, I have gifts, but you're not going to get them until next weekend. But yeah, so he was supposed to meet Caitlin somewhere else. But for whatever reason, he went to the house and got stuck there for 45 minutes. It's okay. No, but the thing was, it's like, I was like, how do you... First of all, I didn't even know where I was going to be going anyway. Like, you told me, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. And I got close. I was like, I actually have no idea what that is. And plus, where I come in at, I, what I've been coming in at, it would have made more sense to just go ahead and go to the house. Because, like, coming in from Longview, it's like, oh, poop, keep going, take a, keep going, and eventually take a left. Ooh. Or, you know, when I go, if I was going out, it'd be like, I complete with Miss Henderson anyway. So it's just like, literally me going to the house is actually probably more convenient. I mean, I didn't care. I just was like, you did it to yourself because you could have met Caitlin somewhere else. Well, also in the back of my mind, I was like, there's a Yorkie there. Oh, true. He went to go see Killer. I really did. And then I was on look up, and then her mom's like about to leave. She's like, I didn't know you were coming. I was like, I feel like such an awful person now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she wasn't supposed to know. Yeah, nope. Mm -mm. And then all of a sudden, poof, she was like, hey, you were coming. Well, I'm about to leave. And it's like, Give me a hug. And I was like, I was like sitting there in my back home. I was like, I feel like an awful person now. She's sad that I'm leaving. And I'm just like, that she's leaving. And I was like, it's okay. It's okay. No no need to feel bad. He was just dropping something off. And then I knock on the door. And then poof, there's three girls. I'm like, what the? Who's all here? Maddie and her friends. Correction. Correction. There was only one friend there because of reasons. But yes. Wait, Emma wasn't there? No. Can you tell me what those reasons were? Because I don't know what those reasons are. Was it Emma and Haley? Oh, Haley was there, so Emma couldn't be there? What was that? Just, I feel like Emma... Emma ended up staying somewhere else. Like the that like Oh, so she's not staying with my I think mom? She still is just at that time she wasn't there. Cover that it was a whole incident oh, okay. about like, you know, she left and just wasn't there. Like she left like the night before because you know, they're all gonna stay up till midnight to tell your Maddie happy birthday. And then, you know, all of a sudden she left to go do something and all of a sudden poof, she just was gone. Oh, oh, okay. Well, Maddie or Caitlin will tell me about it. Yeah, like it. That, trust me, it was. They were. It was a whole ordeal. I was just like, oh, all right. Um, where's this Yorkie? <laughs> I'm here for the Yorkie. Here's your money. Yeah, no, and, I want the Yorkie. No, and then, like, and then what's worse? I didn't even know it was Maddie's birthday. So I'm just like, oh, let me uh, let me go to the car real quick. <laughs> and I 
I had a Starbucks gift card and some uh, some money. And I was like, here you go. And I was like, there you go. And then all of a sudden, Jordan's like, oh, that was nice. You didn't tell me you did that. I know. And then you were like, oh, well, then next week is Jordan's birthday. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Maddie and Jordan were born like six yeah. days apart. Well, not because, well, they're years apart, but their birthdays are six days apart. And I'm just like, oh, my God. And then I was like, now I'm going to feel bad because I didn't give Gerald anything. She literally will never notice. We got her an iPad for Christmas. Like, she will never know. (laughs) Gerald, don't listen to this. It's okay. She'll survive. But it was just like, oh, and then poof. And then, like, she's like, yeah, we're going to this thing. And I was like. Yeah, it's, you know, for 18, 18 and up. I was like, what? I was like, I said, then I was like, you know, I mean, you are. She turned 19. I know, but it was just, like, to me, it was just funny. Because it was just like, 19? I'm like, what are we doing? And then, like. It turned out to be like a Disney concert. It was Yeah, fine. no, that's what she said, too. It was just like, cause remember, like, because she, I was like, I said, what are we doing? What are we wearing? And then it was like, because she, she came out with this big old, like, jacket on. <laughs> And I was just like, what are we doing? Because I saw... Caitlin keeps it really cold and she gets uh, cold in the house. So, like, she gets cold. That definitely wasn't why. Oh, that wasn't oh, why? Oh, what she was wearing. Oh, was she half naked? Yeah. Mm, that's why. What are we doing? And then it was like... It's Texas. She's 19. What do you yeah, expect? Yeah, I was like, I said, I said, you know what? And I, I was like, keep, keep, keep the chance. And then, At least she, like, called me and was like, here, I'm going to send you my location in case I yeah, die. Yeah, no, I, 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 I thought like, about oh, okay, that, thanks. too. I was like, please, at least let me, at least, at least, I said, please let your sister know. It'd be, like, the one person that's real close. And I was like, just be safe. And then, like, I remember Emma was doing the same thing. I said, and she was like, yeah, mine's worse than hers. And I was like, worse than her? <laughs> I was like, you know what? Yeah, you, you stay over there. And then I found out, no, not Emma, Haley. And then I found out me and Haley had the same birthday. Oh, you what? What was worse than hers? The outfit. Oh yes, it was. But they both looked cute, and it's okay. It was just funny. It's like, yeah, mine is worse than hers. I was like, I was just like in shock because I was just like, how is it worse? And I was like, you know what? I don't need to know. But it was just like they basically went to a rave. It's fine. They're, they're, yeah, no, but it was just funny because it was a Disney rave, but it was fine. You didn't get um. I didn't know about it, and I wasn't invited. Yeah, no, and then we were talking about birthdays, and I was like, yeah, mine's November 3rd. And it, and it was like, what? No way. And I was like, what? Mine's is November 3rd. And it's like, well, now I'm going to text you on November 3rd to say happy birthday twin. And then I was just like, okay, why are we the same person? <laughs> That's what I do to my two birthday twins, who also, you know, I don't really have a boy birthday twin, and it kind of bothers me. I'm pretty sure there are some. It's just like I haven't found one. But yeah, that that was that was my time at the Anderson household without Jordan. I'm like, it's like I feel like when Jordan's there, yes, there's chaos, but I feel like it's controlled chaos. And then like when I show up without Jordan, I'm just like, so much is happening at once, and I'm being overloaded with so much information, and I'm just like, oh wait. I can't do this. It's like, Jordan needs to be here. It's because I control the chaos when I am there. I was like, this is 
This is why we won't randomly show up here. <laughs> you never know what you're going to walk into when you do that. Exactly. And I'm just like, I enjoy the chaos. But it was just one of those things I was like, oh, whoa, hold on. Calm down. Because I... Because normally, you know, even when they, normally, like, when they with the chaos, you know, you get background information. Or, like, some kind of context so you can kind of get filled in. But it was just, like, mm-hmm. straight dive in. I'm like, hey, well, I need the context. But it was, like, 15 minutes before I got the real context. Like, all right, it makes sense. But for, like, the first 10 minutes, I was just, like, yeah. Just agreeing, disagreeing, talking. And I was just, like, all right, what are we actually, what's actually going on? And then, like, okay, was like, aha! I love the Anderson. Mm. Mm, yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to call it a night. Because yeah, you got to do this. I'm about to do this project and then I got to go to work. I do not have to go to work tomorrow because it's my off Friday, but I want to sleep in. So, thank you for listening to A Fearful Earful. I don't know what episode number this is, but it's fine. You don't need to know. You've already listened to the episode, so joke's on you. You can find us on Twitter at A Earful, capital A-E. We are not on Instagram as of yet, but you can find Jordan on Instagram and Twitter at perfectly underscore wild with an E. And me, DQ, on Twitter at D-A-Q-U-I-N-T-O-N, capital A-N-D-E-R-S, so it's the Quentin Anders and dq04 on instagram our facebook is a fearful earful all one word and you can email us your creepy stories or topic suggestions at a fearful earful pod at gmail.com if you like what you hear the best way to support the show is to leave us a review on itunes share with everyone you know subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app we're available on anchor spotify stitcher apple Podcasts, and google Podcasts. a fearful earful was created by me jordan anderson with co-host dq anderson all a fearful earful art was created by gerilyn anderson my sister and music is by one wave licensed through premium beat